Hello, welcome to Bullet Points, the podcast all about video games, specifically shooting games. I'm Ed Smith. I'm joined as ever by Patrick Lindsay. Hello. And Reed McCarter. Mm. Mm-hmm. Give us a hello. Come on, Reed. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Wolfenstein The New Order. Uh, which is a game from 2014. I don't really want to waste time introducing it. I think everyone who's listening to this will have played it by now. You know what I mean? I think everyone knows kind of what that game is. You are a soldier in the 1960s in an alternate history where the Nazis have won the Second World War and you have to stop them. Is that fair enough? Techno-Nazis. Yeah, they are techno occult Nazis. Yeah, they're not just acoustic Nazis. They've <laughs> got a backing band. It's not the um, Third Reich unplugged. No, don't rope in Robbie Robertson with. <laughs> <laughs> Was um, that too many degrees away, or or did that work? No, that's fine. That's good. That's good. It's good humor, right? Great, great humor to kick off the show. Um, okay, so I just want to. Yeah, get right into this one. Uh, what do you think of it in general, Patrick? Um, this game is great, which I think is going to be a fairly popular opinion, not just among us, but the community at large. It was one of those games that when it was announced and released, I was very nervous and skeptical um, that it would be bad in the way that modern revivals of older series can often be bad. Um but it managed to do a really good job of actually still being a fun shooter and not kind of kowtowing to the era in which it was made. Um, and it also tells a really good story. There's space Nazis. Um, there's just there's a whole lot going on. Reed? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> That's uh, I like it. I have some problems with it, but I it's I think it really really well-made shooter i think it's um way smarter than than i expected uh the first time i played it i think this time i played it was like maybe the third or fourth time which is unusual for me and it's uh it is one of those games that you find or notice new things every time you play it it's yeah i don't, I don't know it's good i, I don't want to hone in on one aspect right away until we sort of all pitch our thoughts in then get going but yeah patrick i certainly can uh, relate to something you said which was feeling a slight dread about this game when i heard that it was coming and being very pessimistic about it before i played it and then being in- immensely and pleasantly surprised i was not expecting it to have the level of sincerity mm-hmm. and occasional kind of melodrama or character drama as it does now I, I'm I'm not convinced I, I've played this game maybe four or five maybe even six times through and every time I think I've become successful uh, successively less enamored what a show it. off <laughs> I've even done it on the uber difficulty I did it on the top difficulty oh okay yeah, I, I played on normal every time I think he played it with yeah. a NES controller <laughs> yeah, with steering wheel. Yeah, without any damage. Um, yeah, I've, I've played this game a lot, and I, I enjoyed it less every time. I mean, some in, to an extent, that's in a quite a natural process if you, you replay games, that might happen. But, um, Reed, what you said about noticing different things every time, I feel like I notice more things I didn't like every time I play this game. So 
I think between us, we've got an interesting triage of reactions mm-hmm. here. So let's talk about, I think the writing would probably be uh, the best place to start here. The shooting and violence can come later. Or I think they're actually quite <laughs> symbiotic and synonymous with one another anyway. Um, yeah, the, the story is a, a, a pretty basic setup, but obviously, Reed, let's go to you first. There are a few different things uh, here. It's not just a point A to point B, kill Nazis, wave the flag, game over kind of thing. There is a lot going on. Uh, you've got characters who are in love with one another, characters who have personal vendettas against one another, characters who are fighting the Nazis or, or, or fighting authoritarianism in ways that don't involve guns there are a lot of troubled characters here um tell me a few things about this that you liked and a few things that you didn't hmm i I like the way the characters are written i think they're uh written in a way that you don't see enough in video games where they're thought of as as people um even though they're they're kind of archetypal you know the selection of I guess the the main characters that you spend time with are resistance members, the the Chrysau circle. Yeah, that's called. And um, you, a few of them are already there when you start. There's a few. Uh, I guess it's mostly like kind of disaffected Germans when you start. You know, sort of Germans who are uh, not don't fit in with. Uh, you know the the global Reich anymore, and so they've gone into hiding and are fighting back. Um, but then you know you have your Polish member, you have your. Uh, I guess they don't say where he's from, do they? Set wrote. He's, no, he's, he's Jewish. He's, but he's Hebrew. He's, he, or he speaks Hebrew. But yeah. Yeah, but they. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know specifically where he's supposed to be from, but he's you know the Jewish character. Um, there's a Russian woman. Um, there's, uh, you know, a British, a British soldier who's the Scottish guy Fergus, and there's, you know, the African uh, guy who you also meet in the concentration camp, and I think it would be easy to just kind of have these characters be, this is who they are, you know, here's here's a Russian, here's an African, here's a Jew, here's an American, uh, here's a Pole, but they are kind of you know they're given more consideration than that i think they're they do kind of stand for for you know their ethnicity and religion and, and nationality and everything but they're also they feel like actual characters they're not they're not written as as lazily as i i think they could be and i really like that what i i guess this will end probably be my biggest point is that i wish this game wasn't historical fiction or not, you know, not alternate reality historical fiction. I wish it was just straight up, just took place during, you know, actual 1940s uh, World War II. Um, the, the One of the things I notice more and more as I play it is the, the kind of stuff that makes me a bit more uneasy with it. Uh, something that both Patrick and I talked about in our articles, but just sort of the way that, and I, I think this is almost unavoidable when you write alternate reality history, um, the way that you recast uh, actual versions of national heroism and, and shame and everything. Uh, I think I think the ways that Wolfenstein does it are hard to notice at first. I 
definitely didn't notice the first time I played it and it kept creeping up every time afterward. Um, but I don't know, that's that's a big topic to get into, so well, I'm kind of hesitant to bring that up when we just start talking about writing. I think it's a central issue, it's a central question in the writing of this game. That Something that, like you say, Reed, both of you, Patrick as well, reference in your written articles is what this game provides for the American history of the Second World War is almost a opportunity for redemption. If mm-hmm. the, the blemish on America's Second World War history, if its Second World War campaign is blemished by things like the firebombing of Japan and the nuclear weapons dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, this game, by presenting a American or a handful of Americans in some cases as the people who are going to defeat this new order of Nazis and, and once again restore civility to the world it's a way for uh, or it, it's washing the hands a little of America's second world war history and once again recasting them quite firmly and unambiguously as heroes. Patrick what do you think of that? Do you think that that is something that is in your mind when you play the game or is it something that you you think about on a closer reflection does it bother you as you're playing um it is something that i've noticed but it's yeah i do kind of keep that separate from from my playthroughs but yes i I think it's definitely worth drawing attention to the fact that this game it's i think it's the first game in the wolfenstein series that takes place in an alternate post-war history as opposed to just during some fictionalized version of world war ii and I think that does have really interesting implications. Um, you can kind of see the writers struggling sometimes with that because the U.S. is a country that has never really suffered a major military defeat. Um, so that what that does isn't really worked into the country's zeitgeist um, in a way that you would see in like a, a Russia or a Korea um, or basically any other country. So to try and take a story that it has up to this point kind of only been about look how great our national pride is um, and try and spin that around the other direction is it's interesting to see them try and do and I do think it's noteworthy that they erased a lot of the horrible stuff that happened at the hands of the US administration at the end of the war um, the fact that yeah they, Japan doesn't get bombed isn't even really referenced um, I, th- I think is very significant um, from a like, narrative from a narrative standpoint. I think it works for what they're trying to do, but from a historical and social standpoint, I do think it's suspect. They do something extremely favorable for the U.S.'s history in terms in in this game, at least in terms of the timeline here. In, in as much as rather than America nuking someone, it's America who gets nuked. You know, mm-hmm. it's, in, in this yeah, in this game, I think America, that's... America is a victim of what it actually perpetrated in reality and i i think that's the the maybe the step too far yeah in all of this i think i think that was the thing that kind of you know leads you down a rabbit hole if if Mm. you uh if you think about it for a little bit because that's that's kind of perverted it's interesting though because one of the things uh i think we've talked about on this show i've certainly talked to each of you i think individually about um, is a lack of unilateralism and a lack of a sense of the world coming together in a lot of war games. It usually is an American or our, or our British soldier mm-hmm. against mm. the opposing force. And what you get in 
warm and southern new order as you were explaining earlier on reed is a, a real melting pot like a, a, a kind of rainbow of different people and different creeds and cultures and they are not just on the screen in a tokenistic way i think each of them you could argue and i i, I would probably go with you on it have a human moment you know i think every character feels vaguely plausible and like someone you could have a conversation with and that is one of the things that makes wolfenstein exceptional in the kind of positive direction but then mm-hmm. you have got this we're really helping out america's national image um which i think moves it you know on the, toward the other end of that that seesaw if you're talking about something like representation um i don't mean to reduce the discussion down a little bit here or to take us away from what i think is quite a meaty point but my central problem personally with the writing um I hadn't really thought about the things that we were just talking about until I'd read your two's articles. My main problem with the writing was uh, I found Wolfenstein to be quite a boring game sometimes. And I, I found uh, a lot of it quite mannered. And I felt like I could see the script and kind of see the machinations behind it and why people were saying and why people appeared where they did appear. I could. There were a lot of times where it mm-hmm. felt... Uh, predictable, I think, is is a is a misused or, or overused word, and now it just sounds like a, a, the reservation of a lazy reviewer to say something's predictable. But the new order, it was maybe less predictable, but quite monotone. Uh, something that's matched in the performance of the lead character, um, his kind of sad whispering. Um, mm-hmm. I, I found yeah, he has kind of one setting. He has one register and. I do. I, I find a lot of the game's drama quite played out and grating, and I was never entirely sold on what am I trying to get to here? I was never entirely. Um, I don't think I ever went quite either way. I, I was never. The beginning of the game says "get psyched," albeit you know in a kind of subliminal flash as a reference to the old Wolfenstein games. I never quite felt psyched in that traditional video game i've got two guns and power up sense and i also never felt i think overwrought with like sadness in the way that the game is trying to get at either and i i felt somewhere in between the two of those things having said that there are several scenes that i thought were really affecting and several scenes that i really enjoyed but i also found the game basically to put it into one word and it might sound hypocritical considering the way that i'm sat here talking but i found the game a little pretentious i i i found it a little bit pleased with itself um Hmm. yeah i couldn't i couldn't shake the image basically that was in my head of the people sitting around writing this going yeah that's really good that's really 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 good that's really going to get people um there was something slightly disingenuous something a little bit as i said mannered about it that i can't quite put my finger on but it's definitely there i think i didn't yeah i didn't have that reaction to it at all i was with you at the beginning about it being kind of uh, uh, predictable, I think is maybe the right word. But to me, that's always kind of felt like a side effect of you start the game and it has sort of an unorthodox structure for the first, you know, first couple hours. Um, everything up until you kind of find the rhythm of you're with the resistance and you are going out on these missions, these kind of sabotage missions, and then coming back and walking around and talking to people and then going back out and doing another you know step on the way to uh, these big sabotage missions but the beginning of it is is strange the way it 
maybe this was a side effect of not knowing much of anything about this game before it came out and then playing it. But, you know, it starts in 1946 with this, you know, giant aerial assault. And then one of the people you're with, you have to choose who gets killed. And then you are in a coma, or not really a coma, I guess he's... I don't know how you would describe it, but he's... uh, he's essentially paralyzed right and and brain damaged and he's just kind of dimly aware of of what's going on around him when he's in the the polish asylum um you know and then everything with that with him breaking out of the asylum meeting up with anya and staying with her parents and uh you know everything up until they drive off that bridge in berlin and and find the resistance felt so i don't know just sort of less measured and predetermined Mm -hmm. than a lot of video games are Mm -hmm. uh, which almost feels like a a side effect of just you know repeating structures that work for shooter campaigns over and over i definitely go with you on that yeah but then yeah and then the it kind of feels like all of that should have been maybe you know the first act if you want to have a three-act structure in this and well maybe it is roughly but the the rest of the game feels like it's very it drags for it a does. long time. This it, it is too it is it is too long of a game and um, weird for a shooter. I mean, the defendants of shooting games like Shooter Tropes would say that this is a weird criticism, probably, but the body count's too high. Um, I, I think the, the game is too long and there's there's too many shootouts. There's one too many shootouts, maybe. Read and I, I, I want to get all three of us into this discussion. Um, to try and illustrate my point better, I think the the moment in that first level where you choose who's going to die speaks a little to what I mean by pretension. Um, there's not really much about that decision in that sequence that justifies it. I mean, it, it's I I think basically there's a lot of moment there are a lot of moments in Wolfenstein that are gratuitous. I think there's a lot of gratuitousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, pick pick someone who's going to die. Um, stab this guy like in the throat with your butter knife. Um, I'm trying to give some others, but yeah, there's there's a lot of moments in it of of like really really exaggerated. We're going for it, almost like Eli Roth levels of violent melodrama, and then the game then falls back into your character whispering all of these sort of sweet somethings about the life that he dreams he could have and yeah I like that though I understand uh, why they did that There's, I can see them, go, I appreciate I really do appreciate trying to marry these what I think are quite disparate aesthetics and tones mm-hmm. and there are a few times when they actually do it and I, I think I would prefer to play a game that is trying to, to unify those two things but I find myself slightly I feel like the game expects me to go along with it and expects a, a, a kind of a lower level of engagement and sort of cerebralness from me when it's, you know, mm. on the one hand giving me like a laser gun and on the other one expecting me to be shocked by a scene in a concentration camp. So it's it's a game that in, in right. one sense, in, in a game in one sense that I think is appealing to your kind of higher taste because it's got all these like character moments but on the other it thinks i think quite small of you because it almost doesn't expect that you're going to notice when it segues from these kind of you know russ meyer um war exploitation 
sequences into something like akin to you know a, a, the pianist or whatever it almost expects you to not notice those transitions and I, I yeah i find that quite patronizing i think a big part of that is this game had the unenviable task of trying to take a not just a series but a protagonist and kind of an aesthetic that has been around since 1992 and kind of has been one-dimensional since 1992 and do something with it other than just killing nazis Mm -hmm. um i think every wolfenstein game even the one in 2009 up to this point has just been bj's killing nazis and um I i think that trying to separate itself from that is an admirable goal and i think that i can i can see the seams where they're trying to stitch that together um even that incongruity you're talking about between um going from moments of quiet reflection to moments of really jarring violence um you could if you were being charitable interpret that as them saying well you know there's two sides to bj as well he is you know a horrifically violent nazi killer but that doesn't also mean that he wishes that he could do other things and have have a life and that's why this we spend so much time with anya and with the other characters in the resistance Mm -hmm. i would argue that those segments are not necessarily as effective as as they think they are and are actually kind of tedious um but i think ultimately this game is essentially trying to retcon you know 25 years of a fictional history that really has been very very flat um I'm not saying that they're successful in doing that or wholly successful in doing that, but I do at least empathize with their with their goal. I don't want to pull us, I don't want to lead us too far astray from discussing this game specifically, but I think my opinion on the new order did change a lot after I played last year's Doom. Mm. Last if we're talking just to um give some context, you know, these are both intellectual properties as much as I hate that term, cultivated by id software in the nineties. They're both being re-released and rebooted by the publisher Bethesda they're both using some of the same technology so there's a lot of you know spiritual connectivity I believe they even share some developers they do share some developers some people who worked on the new order advised or did some sort of technical work on doom and if we're talking about trying to marry like a like a narrative sophistication or, or some sort of you know games are are a little older now we're all a little older now we want something a little more from them and marry that with but we still enjoy you know, like the big laser gun and the robot Nazi dogs and that kind of stuff. If that's what the Wolf- <laughs> if, that, if that's what Wolfenstein the New Order is trying to marry, and sometimes doing it in a way that feels quite falling down the stairs and clunky and tripping over, I feel like Doom did it really smoothly because mm-hmm. I feel like Doom but- is is quite a narratively smart game, quite terse and curt, and it says a lot without words. But there's still a kind of political undertone there. There's still like a satire and a parody. And at the same time, most of that is being explored by doing what you were doing in the original Doom in 1993. So it's it's kind of ingratiating rather than putting alongside. You know, it's it's ma- it's mixing them rather than just matching them. If you get what I'm saying. Reed, right. Sorry, I cut I cut over you. No, no, I was probably I was rudely trying to butt in on you because this is I was thinking about this before before you said that as well. I th- I think the difference here and maybe the thing that explains a lot about the approaches to tone is that even when you look back at you know uh, Wolfenstein 3D and the original Doom and they're very similar games in certain respects right um, but when you talk about doing them again for a modern audience um, the sticking point I would say is that Doom 
is a game about a spaceman shooting demons, and Wolfenstein is a game about you know an American soldier killing Nazis. Absolutely, you're you know, totally right. it's um, yeah, right. It, it's <clears throat> I I think that kind of setting, if you want to tell a bit more of a story, demands some level of seriousness, even if. Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. Almost not quite reverence, but like you do have to respect your subject matter. Yeah, and I think it's actually you know this is one of the things I was going to say earlier about the tone, about that mix of of kind of seriousness or or respect uh, for its subject matter and and just the love of just over the top violence and and spectacle and everything. Um, I think that's really reflects kind of the weird paradigm with war films in general you know in uh especially i think depictions of of the second world war at this point you know decades on from it i think people you could sit them down with saving private ryan or or band of brothers you know the kind of big recent you know recent as in within the last 20 years uh stories about world war ii and i think people they're drawn to it because it's serious subject matter you know it's it's terrifying and, and awful you know these people going through unbelievably uh, harrowing experiences and you know things like seeing concentration camps close up and you know and the, the stakes of what world war ii represented um to to so many people across the world you have that but you also have the people who want to watch gunfights you know, want to see, want to see people fighting for their lives and pulling off amazing things that are just—I don't know. Does that make sense? There's, there's some I, yeah, mix so between I... just the the gratification of the violence and yeah. and also the 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 actual stakes behind it too. The yeah. fact that this was something that happened. I think what you have with World War Two, and one of the reasons that World War Two endures in popular entertainment more than World War One is without wanting to belittle the history of World War Two. World War Two is just it's a great story. It's a great story. It's got like a it's got, you know, if we're talking about it in sort of like Vladimir prop narrative convention terms, it's got a villain. It's got mm-hmm. heroes. It's got a point where, you know, another hero sort of joins in. It's got a, a It's almost awful. archetypal. It it's like it's it almost like the archetypal popular drama story. So you've, that's probably one of the reasons why it endures. And I think, Reed, you're absolutely right that when people see a World War II thing, they, they kind of, as much as they go into it understanding that it's going to be somber and they actually want the sobriety a little bit, uh, they also want an element of the adventure movie. They want the Spielberg, Indiana Jones, Jaws adventure movie. And I, I empathize with that, absolutely. I feel like Medal of Honor on the PS1 did this really, really well. Because that was a game with, you know, like spectacular scenes of violence and and like a, a kind of wacky sense of humour in some places, but also uh, a real adherence to the nitty gritty of the Second World War. Wolfenstein: The New Order, to try and bring what I've been talking about back on track. Something, what I was saying earlier on about it, never quite making me feel psyched and also never quite making me feel melancholic. There's something about it that to me doesn't feel either 
reverent like it doesn't it doesn't care that much about the second world war and also it cares too much mm-hmm. about it i can't quite see well, it it, it yeah. treats it treats world war Two like an aesthetic it's concerned yes. not so much with the themes of the war as it is with uh, allies fighting nazis which is why they can completely rewrite the history and essentially just move forward from there as if nothing had changed well i know I, I i do think they care about the themes of the war, and this is something I say in the article about, they kind of do show the stakes with the members of your resistance circle about um, who is really going to suffer, you mm-hmm. know, uh, or, or in Wolfenstein is suffering under, under you know, the spread of Nazi ideology across the world and everything. You know, you have, you have a mentally handicapped man. Um, you have two Slavic characters, you have a Jewish character, you have a black character. These are all characters who are, you know, do not fit a Nazi ideology. They are people who are, you know, not fit to live. Um, So you do, I think that kind of does bring home some of the stakes of it, and and is more considered than it might have been. Where it kind of falls flat for me is, it's it's like the sci-fi stuff. Yeah. I think that's what I was trying to get something. to next. Yeah, like there's, I, I think about this every time I play that game. When you do that level, that's the concentration camp level, and the first time I played that game, I had this sinking feeling in my stomach that I've enjoyed this so far. This is about to go really wrong, and it doesn't quite go. You know, whatever. It's easy for me to say as a you know Canadian living at this time. In, in life having not you know fortunately experienced things like this but it doesn't it, it feels serious enough but then there's robot dogs well you know and then it. there's you stamping around which is a great empowerment moment in the inglorious bastards mold of of here's all this suffering now fuck them up um but there's something about the robots and everything that just makes it feel like you're taking a historically recent enormous tragedy, a genocide, and you're, you're, I don't know, you're painting a mustache on it. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a part, I'm sure, and please correct me if I'm wrong, if either of you remember, but I'm sure there's a part where one character, I think it's Set Roth, says to you, you know, the problem that we've got is we're being watched by the god, there's this god, or I can't remember exactly what the word is, but basically the what he's trying to say is that there's this one god who's who's really pernicious and, and we can't work out how to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. And he points over to the corner of the courtyard and it's a big robot. And it's really like in a very literal sense they're stripping out like the human horror, you know? Because the the guards the guards weren't robots. It wasn't automated. Well, this, I think this happened between people. Um, I think you're actually conflating two. I think there's like the robot thing that they have to disable, and that's what yeah. you take control of. And then when you go to get something you need to hijack it, yeah, I, there yeah, are some there's... prisoners whispering. They're saying there's a guard, and the guard is is just a guy. He's just like killing people, right? They want you to kill him because he's like torturing. He's, there's, there's the guy he's who's experimenting on people. people. Yeah, there's yeah. him. But I, I swear, I'm almost certain that there is a line where he refers to the robot specifically with like a human name, mm. uh, as on top of the other guy who is actually a guy who's torturing people in that house behind the the barracks. 
I, I, I feel like there is a moment where the robot gets referred to by a human moniker. Um, nevertheless, let's forget that because I might be wrong. Nevertheless, you, you've got a, a concentration camp that's being overseen by Reed, as you pointed out, like Nazi robotic dogs. And in that process, you, you lose like such a, a huge amount of gravitas that the game, I think, then tries to claw back. You know? Um, or, or well, it, yeah, and it does... Sorry, carry on. No, I was just going to say, in terms of when you're saying it tries to claw back, I mean, there are things like, you know, you see some, some prisoners being beaten and things like that. But then it, you know, at one point, I think BJ hops into, he goes down through like a crematorium shoot, mm. you know? Mm. And it's just, you can see them saying, look at this, you know, fill in the blanks. You know, you know what we're referencing here. Yeah. But. There's nothing adventurous about that that thing. I there's something about that that's this might be too hard line of a stance or something, but there's certain things about the way the reason I think history, especially awful, you know, terrible history, deserves discussion and understanding is because I don't know, you want you want to preserve what it was, why that matters, you know, who it affected, how what it says about, you know, the people who did it, the, the time the culture everything and there's just something about kind of playing that up for i i don't know i'm I'm wary i'm wary of diving too much further down this road but what i will say reed is you have a lot more leeway when you're on the winning side of that story because oh exactly as an american studio you can say hey we won world war ii and we fought this incredible evil and now everyone is free and look how great it is and essentially what this is is just kind of a, a tall tale version of that part of the national mythology. Um, but but I think being on the winning side, you don't have the benefit of knowing exactly what this looks like for everyone who was in the way between you know, the start and the end. We, we don't really know. Um, you know, they, they say that um, Hans, his name is, the German person in the resistance? Uh... I know who anyway, you mean. Yeah. yeah. Klaus. Klaus. That's Klaus, yeah. Uh, we're told that Klaus defects because they want to murder his brother because he's mentally handicapped. Like, that's a significant personal moment as a result of that historical event that we don't really have an analog for over here. Um, but those stories were fairly commonplace in the 30s and 40s. So I don't know that it's intentionally kind of blinding itself to the nitty-gritty reality um but i think it is it's kind of like you know this is the the aesop's fable of world war ii and bj blaskowitz is your johnny appleseed character it's worth noting just quickly that it's a swedish developer american publisher but Mm. swedish developer okay nevertheless not german um and i i yeah i i think that the sci-fi stuff, the occult stuff, yeah, it might have always been present in the Wolfenstein series, uh, and then also putting it outside of the Second World War proper. You know, it's in 1960. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of hand washing. There's a, there's a lot of excuse like recusing going on in this game, um, which I think I, is sort of so sorry, Ed. Well, I I think that they recuse themselves of facts. In a lot of ways, you know, dates, 
places actual things that actually happen they recuse themselves of that and they try to find a way back into it they try to communicate all of that stuff or, or the emotion of all that stuff the, the ghost of history if you like through the characters themselves through how they talk and their experiences that they relay Patrick like the one you just referred to with Klaus they, they try to uh, insist something about the actual Second World War even though the game is not set in the actual Second World War they try to capture some element of it some like emotive presence of it and I, I, I appreciate that because there are so many games that would be set in the 1960s, the 90s have won the war and they do it so they could have like nothing to do with what actually happens. You know what I mean? It was ju just so they could yeah. give you an unambiguous, easy to kill villain, i.e. Nazis. That would be all that they'd do and they wouldn't even bother to refer back to the Second World War itself. What I think you have here is just an unfortunate clashing of tone but quite a, not noble is too big a word, but, but a, a going a little bit further with this aesthetic than I typically expect from a game. One thing I did notice that I think is significant is it's not so much alternate history as it is like a parallel history because as far as I can tell, while they do mention Nazis, they never once say Germany in the game. Oh, they um, do. Oh, they do? Yeah. So those, those uh, there's like newspaper clippings all over the, you know, which is not the preferred way to. Every time right. I play this game, I dread... Because I want to read them again. I want to remember what the, you know, the this take on the world is, and so I think you have to spend. <laughs> I think it usually takes me like twenty minutes, of like the first time you go to the Chrysler Circle hideout, of just going from like piece of paper to piece of paper reading these paragraphs, and they they kind of they cover large swaths of the world. They try to tell you, you know, this is what Germany did, following the war. This is what happened in Britain. This is what happened. You know, in China and in Japan and in the Americas and Africa. Sorry. No, no, that's, they only that's good Hit, enough. Hitler only gets mentioned once, though. Yeah, that's the one thing, though, and which is bizarre. Mm. You get the impression that the uh, the antagonist they've made up, General Death's Head, he, he is the almost like German high commander at this point in the in this alternate history but there is one mention of Hitler so presumably he's still going in this world um, yeah it's uh, man I, I they, think they, they really want to have that cake and eat it I think sometimes with this one well I think what I was like what I was going to say is so much of this stuff feels like just a just unavoidable no matter how mm -hmm. talented you are and how you know how, how well you think through all of this stuff when you say, let's do World War II and put it in the 60s. Mm. What what if Germany won the war? I think that puts you in a spot that's... I, I think it's testament to how good Wolfenstein is and, and how how strong its writing is um, in all the different aspects that it manages to work as well as it does. Mm -hmm. It's like you're, what you're saying, too. They didn't have to confront any of these things. The things that I think really forced uh, the front of your mind. I don't know about didn't have to. I think what I mean is they would have gotten away with it within the gaming press if they hadn't. Yeah, yeah. that's. I'm I feel confused. like it's, I feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna do the war, you have you do have you have a responsibility to this stuff. But in games, you could not do it. And oh, pick a fight well, with you. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Is I I think they they could have, um, and people 
you know, there there still would have been, I think the game still could have been warmly received if it just dodged a lot of these topics, mm-hmm. you know, but that they that they did their best to confront it. I don't, it's I don't know, it's a lot. It's I have so much respect for this game, but it's just the the basic premise. I think just it it's not a great idea, and then it shows through in ways that are. Unavoidable, yeah. I think. One, one I, question I, don't I think... have, and I, I don't ask this to be mean or uncharitable to the game. I think it's actually worth investigating. So we have an alternate history where the Nazis won World War Two. What are we gaining from this insight? Um, Nothing. What, what purpose does this like? What are, what is the story telling us? Yeah, I, I'm I'm with Reed. I I don't feel like you get anything. You get a it's a, yeah. a modicum of the war. You don't get any new understanding of it. I mean, someone some body might argue well you understand what might have happened had the nazis won, but that didn't happen and if it had happened they wouldn't have had robotic dogs and laser guns so <laughs> it's just no i don't feel like you, i don't feel like you get any kind of yeah. perspective on the war from this it's what's the point of that exercise i think that's i don't know there's that thing going around lately too and i don't want to get too much into this but it feels like the same idea as you know the the game of thrones creators I guess HBO, you know, floated that when they're done with Game of Thrones, their idea was a show about what if uh, the South really had won the Civil War. Could we not, and please? Just... No, I, I'm just saying. I don't. I'm only bringing it up as a oh, no, comparison. I'm not, I'm, not, just... I'm not leveling that at you. I'm, I just I've oh. never heard that before. <laughs> I and... thought you were just like I don't want to talk about it. No, I hadn't heard that before, and that's horrible. Well, why would you do that? I just think it's it's bizarre. Like why? Why do we want to explore what would have happened if, if this if this had changed when there's so much to talk about with what did mm. happen? Mm. You know, when the Nazis the answer, were the answer, is, the answer is simple. The answer to me is quite simple. Why marketing? Uh, well, it's 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 so you can you can be both kind of freehand and do mad cap stuff like in Wolfenstein the New Order yeah you can have robot Nazi I keep saying robot Nazi dogs it's becoming a catchphrase you can have that stuff you can have that stuff and at the same time uh, retain like a modicum of sophistication and win you know best narrative awards it's it's like a gift to, to the people who make this stuff they, they let it lets them be a little sophisticated a little intelligentsia and look like they're posturing some real meaningful intellectual conversation but at the same time do stupid and, and well, not stupid, but you know, like salacious, crazy um, roller coaster adventure stuff. So they can. What do if Hitler, they're... but on roller skates? Yeah, like basically, yeah. It's in that kind of wheelhouse, right? It's just you can have it both ways. You can get some people who are going to write about your stuff and say, yeah, it's really clever what they're doing. They're asking these really pertinent questions, and then you're going to get another kind of branch of the press who's going to say, this is great fun. It's spectacular. So it's just yeah, you... it's. You'll well, get it both ways. That's that's why they do it. It's so they can look smart. I, I don't even know if it's as deliberate as that, though. I, this game feels uh, yeah, to me okay. like when I think about what the premise is, I think somebody sat down and they drafted ideas for what a new Wolfenstein in 2014 could be. Where it's you know this is a big shot. Let's get a good studio on this that's proven it makes great shooters. Can I? Um, sorry, I just before you, you carry you're absolutely right when you say it's not as meticulous as that I don't you're right I think it's more to do with like a general 
uh, fear of the audience, fear of what we're kind of allowed to do in video games, like a kind of commercial cowardice as well. I, I, I'm not saying this did happen, but I think this is quite easy for me to picture as someone sitting down and saying, we're going to do a game about the Second World War uh, and somebody, you know, and then they come up with all these ideas of what we want to do. And these are the characters you want to have, like a Jewish person, a black person, uh, etc. And somebody saying, no, 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 that's, that's not palatable for the gaming audience. Put it in the 1960s, do it as an alternative history, take the edge off it. I can kind of imagine that quite easily. Take the edge off it is why this has happened. Nothing to do with like a conscious decision as such, just a, a general lowness in the in the culture is what makes something like this happen. Well, yeah, I mean that's along the same lines as what I was going to say, but also just the you know pitching, you know, selling this idea. Here are Nazis, but sometimes they're on the moon. Yeah, you know, some sometimes they they have laser guns. Yeah, Th- things like that is I think a way that you sell this idea, and then you know somebody says. Well, Wolfenstein was always kind of silly. Yeah. It had a robot Hitler. You know, this is this is continuing that lineage. Um, I think if anything, that's more what it is. It's it's less we need to make a game about World War Two, World War Two, and more let's make another Wolfenstein game. Yeah. And they How just do we went do back. They went back to the source material really hard because we're so terrified as an industry of trying anything that steps too far off of the uh, the beaten path, if you will. But could you yeah. just imagine this game? But it just, it just takes place early in the year in 1945. Yeah, I know. And and well, you still game, have this the, world the game weary. Begins ahistorically. The game starts in yeah. 1946. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing, right? It's like their, their attempt to uh, knock out this stronghold, right? It's yeah. But but I just mean like, so much of what I think about what works in this game. I think about the relationship between BJ and Anya. I think about, you know, it's it always has colored how I think about this game since the first time I played it. But that the essay that, if anyone listening has read Shooter, all three of us are involved with it. But the essay that JV Gwaltney wrote, um, where one of the main points is he he kind of positions Wolfenstein as sort of turning the Second World War into like a heroic cycle, right? Like a Beowulf versus Grendel of of BJ versus his old adversary. You know, he's he's mm. weary, he has to do this. He has to drag his bones through this thing that he's tired of doing to kill this guy. It's like his his whole purpose. But I think you know, I think of these different things, I think of the members of the Christhouse circle and everything, what they represent, and I think if you had just done this and it's, this guy is just an American GI or whatever, any kind of American soldier and he's just the end is kind of in sight but he feels or maybe he does feel hopeless maybe he's in a position where he doesn't think the end is in sight and he's just trudging on because he has to do this he has to see it through but he's tired of the war you know I like you don't need it to be the 60s it's I don't know but here's the thing it's frustrating you're totally right I think you're absolutely right. It doesn't need to be like that, and it feels more like a concession to the name Wolfenstein, perhaps, than anything else, because it's a it's a strong brand. And if we're going to sell this as a Wolfenstein game, it needs to have something in common with Wolfenstein 3D, or else people are going to crow about it. So that, uh, yeah. But the thing is, a lot of this, when I'm thinking about it now, feels almost beside the point, because uh, as much as I think all of this is true. 
I still enjoy playing the game immensely. Mm-hmm. You know, I, st- I still I still like playing Wolfenstein: The New Order. Um, well, yeah, I mean that's when you said it has to be a continuation of a brand too. That's another thing, though. Is I think this game would have worked perfectly fine without the laser guns. You know, it totally it's would. the the way it plays. It's it's kind of like Doom. Doom is better like this game than I think it had to be once you have you know uh, gunfights that feel the way they do in those games I think you've mm. you've kind of proved the reason that you should exist you know and that's as the it thing. updates Wolf- these classic things Wolfenstein has never been a game about World War 2 in the way that Saving Private Ryan is about World War 2 mm, that's true it's always just been a shooter in which you happen to be killing Nazis mm-hmm. yeah um, I think they made that very clear in the first game when you kill a giant robot Hitler. Like this, we're not here to say anything profound, but I, no. I will say that from I, I would argue that the the game's thematic sort of difficulties are its its biggest stumbling point. But the actual nuts and bolts part of the game is very well done. I, I think so too. Uh, I also think I would n- I probably wouldn't call this a World War Two game if you're asking me to list you know best World War Two games of the made. Right. Wolfenstein wouldn't make the list because I, I don't think it qualifies. Um, no. This good shooter is bloody. It's the guns are all like loud. Um, the assault rifle is fantastic, etc. etc. Uh, but yeah, I don't think it's even maybe. Yeah, it's it's not a World War Two game, um, but the weird thing is, is I I would defend something like L.A. Noir as a game about the Second World War, even though it takes place after it. It's still a game about kind of some shockwave effect of the Second World War. It's still about people affected by the Second World War. It's still a it's still a war game, um, but Wolfenstein isn't. And I think it, it, it basically I do think that it's always going to be leashed by. It's set in 1960. You know, Ed, I was <laughs> I was all ready to agree with you, but I think, in a certain sense, this is the most World War Two World War Two game you could have right now. You know, right now this this kind of ahistorical uh, sort of black and white telling of World War Two, where it takes the myth of it and and strips out everything that that makes it something that you might have to grapple with uh as as someone you know a a brit or a canadian or an american i think it strips all that stuff out it says don't think about what you may not want to think about when it comes to world war ii just think about the fact that fascism had to be stopped and you are from a nation that stopped it you know just that good versus evil no in between which you know this is the kind of shit that like why now though because i think this is this is the end result of telling these stories so many times and and taking more and more detail out of it Mm. i think this is what's left you know Mm. i i think um i think some people will be surprised to know about western western you know allied atrocities in the second Mm. world war i I think that would surprise them and it because that's how the story's been told you know that's what happens in history and i think it 
it happens with a speed that's terrifying uh, with something like the Second World War where they came back and there were films being made about it right away. There were films being made about the war during the war. Um, it's... I don't know. And, and you also... You're not going to defend an Adolf Hitler, right? You're not going to defend right. Mussolini. You're not going to defend Hirohito. You're not going to no. defend these, these Axis powers. And I think that makes it too easy for the story to become simpler than it is. But I don't know if... Um... When you say it's it's the only world is the most World War Two game that we could get now, I don't know. I mean that they are not as contemporary as Wolfenstein any order, but I remember a sequence in Call of Duty World of War where you uh, execute this platoon of unarmed German soldiers uh, whilst playing as as uh, the Russian military. I think of again L.A. Noire, which is all about how heroism and stories of valor are exaggerated or maybe outright false in respect to America's involvement in the world in the Second World War um, albeit explored on a very very individual and personal level I think of even uh, you know it's, it's a lesser example and it's not about World War II itself but if we're talking about whether people can palette um, questioning America's military moralism Spec Ops the Lion is about you know uh, American soldiers doing egregious things. I know it's not a Second World War game, but what, no, I'm, trying no, no. Get, what I'm trying to get at is, I if if this is uh, the only World War Two game or the most World War Two that could be stomached by ne- right now, or that is, that's, is in the pipeline. Sorry, that's right now. that's not what I meant to say. So okay. may, I I probably no, misspoke. I'm not, I'm, I'm not think, saying I think, people. I think there's an element of truth in that, though. I do think there's an element of truth in it. I I, I do I do feel like. There's there's a degree of the new order that has been um, sort of detoothed so that it can be accepted by what is perceived to be a mainstream audience. I do think there is an element of that. I think you are onto something, but I think that that's not a tragedy of like the audience for games. I think that's a tragedy of the expectation of the audience for games because I think there's a lot of things that have sold and done and reviewed very well that are you know more ambiguous that are kind of murkier when it comes to. The I think ultimately there just seems to be something utterly unimpeachable about the World War II narrative specifically because we've seen with a game like Spec Ops that people are fine with a game that deals with right. the ambiguities of American military prowess. That doesn't bother people. Um, but for whatever reason we just can't make that leap and apply it to this. Basically World War II is I would kind of exaggerate a little bit but i would call it probably kind of america's creation myth in that Mm -hmm. it explains Mm -hmm. how america attained the superpower status that enjoys today both morally in air quotes obviously and uh economically etc meanwhile like world war ii was awful for japan um tokyo got blown up several times just by fire bombs a hundred thousand people were killed and that was before nukes were even involved like but people don't know that. I didn't learn about that in school. I didn't learn about Dresden in school. Did you um, know it? No. I went to a hippie um, school then. <laughs> <laughs> I learned about that in high school. Well, you also went to Canada. Yeah, I went to Canada for high school. Canada. <laughs> Canada and, um, high school. I can I can relate somewhat to this because it's it's uh, Britain's involvement in the Second World War is is something of a institution as well. Um, yeah, well, I think I, it I is it. in most countries. Who, 
Yeah, maybe it who, is. Right? Allied countries, right? It's a point yeah. of pride. Yeah. And and it, it should be in it should, yes. many respects, right? It's the enormous sacrifice of, of human life. And I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying... I worry about having these conversations sometimes in, in this kind of capacity because it's not... I never want to suggest that it's not something that that people shouldn't... You know, the Axis forces were bad. They had to be stopped. There was no way to stop them other than going to war with them. You know, that's that's why, you know, the, the European war turned into what it did because there was no way to stop the Nazis without taking up arms against them. Um, and, and the people from... The people who fought them that is a good thing but it doesn't mean because one side was bad was very bad and one side was good in in these larger senses that we shouldn't interrogate what we did to do that you know i talked about that in the article too it's about like the idea of these these people had to be stopped but what's it do to say america to make that happen you know what does what does you know nuking Japan, nuking civilians, which you know there's a very strong argument to make. I don't necessarily agree with that. That was that had to be done to stop the war and to save more lives. But what does that do to a country? To to you, even if you are right to do that to your enemy, you know. See that that is the real I think interesting story of World War Two from the American perspective. Exactly. I, I think we've, I been, think so. we've been getting these stories for so long that they're rote at this point. What I really want to know is, and you know, I want to dive into the, the other side of this, what it did to the people on the ground, what it did to the people who were making these decisions, having to decide, you know, between, uh, you know, loss of life here, loss of life there, knowing that someone's going to die and you can't really prevent it. Um, coming to terms with the fact that what you're doing even if you are on the quote good side is not always capital G good or right um, and again games have just started dipping their toe into exploring that territory um, with some of these games that we've been talking about um, but we can't do it with World War II well but I think that with Wolfenstein they're trying what they're, they're trying to get at this a little bit by showing VJ to be sort of torn up and sad and there's something about him yeah. battle weary but where they stop short is he's never not noble you know he's he's exhausted but he's exhausted from mm. doing too much good he's exhausted from fighting the good fight for so long his you know, biggest the, the, weakness is that he tries too hard yeah right so he, <laughs> he 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 is being affected and you know by extension like america is being affected by its involvement in the war but it's 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 not like mephitic it's it's not damaging it's not spreading to it you know it's, it's not which i think is him in that kind of moral sense yeah i i don't totally disagree with that choice i of, don't of, either because i think they they had a huge job with you're saying who's bj blaskowitz he's this incredibly is... good at murdering people and he you know is heroic those are his character traits that they, I think, probably had to preserve, you know. Well, this is the thing. I don't want to. I don't want to start. And I feel like I have sounded at times here like I'm making a kind of qualitative moral judgment on the new order because it's not yeah. willing to show America and Americans and as as 
you know, um, uh, as or you know, morally impeachable because it's not willing to do that. It's like failed somehow. I don't feel that way about it. I don't feel like it's um, uh, like a, it's obligated necessarily to do all of those things. I don't. Neither do I. I. Yeah. Okay. So, but I, I do struggle to take it as something that I that I think it expects me to take it as, which is a serious. You know, or at times a serious exploration of how it hurts people to be involved in the war. I think this is a game that's full of characters who have been hurt by being in the war and by fighting, um, and it expects you to, to, at times, consider it quite a serious interrogation of, of the the effects on one's character. But there is there's so much that it's kind of swerving around. Um, if if you tell me that the the Wolfenstein: The New Order is like a, a pulp game, I can sort of take that. But when it starts trying to be, I, I think at times quite a high drama. Yeah, it, it's not it's not doing enough. It's not throwing its weight behind it enough. I don't think. But that's not to say it's like a it, it affronts me on a moral level. I just think it's it's like poorer writing than I than I would typically be very excited by. I I, I think I prefer to play this game almost as like a character drama. And to ju- just look at how yeah. well it, it it gets each of the people who are who are actually on screen, um, but that you know, this is kind of paralysis by analysis. Uh, but that starts then to feel like a, a minor disrespect again to the war. If all you're doing is playing this and considering the characters, the fictional characters on screen, and not really like, almost recusing yourself again from thinking about the big context of the war, that feels like you're doing it a disservice. You're doing the history a disservice. So it, it's a really difficult game for me to enjoy on any level after all this time, after playing it for so many, so many occasions. I, I find it hard to, like, without caveat, enjoy almost any aspect of it I feel like I, en- I enjoy it on the same level as I enjoy like Uncharted or something where mm. I disagree with it on a philosophical level <laughs> and mm. I I love it for the way it looks and sounds and, and mm. I, I think in games it's so rare that you have I think Ed you kind of disagreed with me a bit on this but I, I would I would go to bat for the performances in this game I think this mm-hmm. game is very well written. Uh, I think the dialogue is really good, um, and and I think the performances are really good. And there's a lot of a lot of pleasure in games and seeing that because it's not it's not something you see enough. You know, yeah. I think a- acting is better in games, but often they don't have the right words to say. I, I think mm-hmm. the the writers and and director on this game, or directors, I don't I don't know for sure, but I think they're very talented, you know. Mm. Um, there's a lot of very talented people working on this. There are just certain things that you notice them, and then you follow the train of thought, and you think, "Boy, you know." And and it's just, it's something I can vouch for. Just like uh, I'll say again, like an Uncharted game. But then I think, what's the point of these games in our culture? And I think I I don't mm. maybe they they're not they're not good. You know, they're not helping us in in any way to understand mm-hmm. ourselves. Uh, that's that's the big perpetuating what's come before. That's the big question I have, not about this game in particular, but about the idea of war games, World War II games, what have you. Is like, why do we? What what purpose are they serving at this point in our mm. sort of national development? What are they doing for us that we still need to be done? Yeah, well, I at think, this point, I think it's largely just creative inertia. 
because people think, like those stories. I think war stories can say a tremendous amount. Um, oh, I think they can too, but after 70 years, like, I don't know, man. I think right now there are things to say in a World War II story. Mm. Uh, I think there are things to say about maybe taking a hard look at at uh, the supposed heroism of, of countries like Britain and, and Canada and America um, who have painted ourselves as, as being you know, the liberators of Europe, the ideological opponents of, of fascism and anti-Semitism, and, and maybe reflecting on uh, some of the fascism and anti-Semitism and, and racism that that were present in our own cultures that we have preferred to say to a race because we didn't end up where you know we didn't end up with the Nazis the Germans did you know um, mm-hmm. not to let the Germans off the hook but it, but I think there's especially in this day and age I think there's a snowball effect that happens from from refusing to look at where you come from as people and mm-hmm. your culture the fact that right now in I don't know. I don't want to get too... Well, we're uh, coming up on time anyway. Yeah, but all I'll say is that there are you know, things in the news on the day that we recorded this that <laughs> you, you see what happens when people say, we don't have Nazis here. Nazis mm-hmm. don't look like that. They're Germans in, in uh, Stahlhelms. Like, it's... you, you got to look at your own past. And I think a World War II story is is an avenue to do that. Okay. I think that's us on Wolfenstein. I think that's convincing closing argument. Um, and yeah, I, I, Patrick, I think that's a good question. I think that's a good question to to sort of at, like leave the episode on. Almost is, you know, these things are fun. Like a game like the New Order is fun. It's a really well made game. It's an excellent example of craft, and I, I think it's something that uh, game makers can can learn from and and be motivated by. Um, exactly what it does for the consciousness of one's nation if it's one of these things that's being popularly bought and played I, I don't know I don't know I, I, I think that if you wanted a, a hook on which to hang this game it would be but what does this tell us about the second world war um, and that's not even you know like a, a moral high ground that you're taking it's just why should I play this you know what? What am I going to get out of this? Because um, I think that that some knowledge or, or or some better understanding of history or some insight is something that you ought to expect from from a game like this, or something you ought to expect from a lot of games, uh, alongside great gunplay or great music or whatever. Um, so yeah, the fact that it it doesn't really tell me much about the Second World War that I hadn't really thought, or or that it doesn't tell me anything at all, that to me just makes it a uh, not a morally lesser game just just one that doesn't basically have as much to offer me kind of per pound coin if you like um See, okay. I, yeah I don't want to uh fuck I've talked enough in this episode anyway but uh yeah well, I just felt if... I just felt like I could counter that too and maybe that's something to say about Wolfenstein you know maybe it does have a few things to say but it's I don't know. It's a confusing game. Well, There's the article, a lot. I, the articles that I can certainly speak for my own, which I think references maybe one moment in Wolfenstein that 
don't know if it makes a broader point about the Second World War, but it certainly gets like, some like emotive core of um, like a wartime experience, probably. You know, the writing of somebody who's never been in a war. Um, and I think that both of your articles also reflect that if the game isn't telling you something about the war itself, it's it's certainly telling you something about how the war is remembered mm-hmm. and and appropriated and uh, reimagined, etc. So yeah, but I I. I I think this is a kind of ever decreasing circle. I just it, it, you, you could talk about this game constantly. Yeah. Um, and if you do want to read these articles, if you want to learn more about Wolfenstein: The New Order, do go to bulletpointsmonthly.com. And if you enjoyed this episode of our podcast, and if you like those articles or either, then you can go to patreon.com forward slash bulletpoints and donate some money to our upkeep. We do this for free. We do this on our own time. Uh, we do enjoy doing it, don't we, guys? It's guys. true. I can't stand it. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> you can put the gun down now, Ed. I said yes. <laughs> I um, didn't, so I had to, I had to run now. <laughs> yeah, give us some money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, just you play it. that Spinal Tap song? Yeah. At the end yeah. of every episode. I'm going to okay. cut that in at the end, by the way. So I would, um, yeah, I would just say read the articles because fuck man trying to <laughs> you make your points on a podcast and then I think I'm like no maybe I maybe I wish I could go back and think about what I said there and yeah revise <laughs> yeah anyway it's a, it's a big slice of game cake is <laughs> Wolfenstein in your order it takes a lot to get through but there's a whole month of articles on bullet points monthly there's this uh, there's JV's essay previously mentioned in Shooter which I think is available on Amazon for a very very low price is it not? $5 it's oh very, well very affordable it's August you know we're getting we're not, we're not a million miles from Christmas and uh, yeah you could make a <laughs> year with that uh, <laughs> send it to so, your nan yeah absolutely <laughs> I tell you that my grandmother, who is 84, watched Heat. Oh, I thought you were going to say she read Shooter because oh, she was proud of you. Read Shooter, no. no, but that, that came out of the woodwork. I went around there one one day, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I saw this film the other night. It was brilliant." And I asked her like, a couple of things about it because she couldn't quite remember. It. And I just sort of incredulously went, "Did you watch Heat?" She's like, "Yep, yeah. 83." Uh, and she watched sure, *Glorious Bastards* as well. Cooler than I am. She's. She said she thought that uh, that Robert De Niro the next twenty years were just going to be continued <laughs> upward trajectory for him. Yeah, he's really got his best years are ahead of him. That guy, yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, well, we are now in the middle of. By the time this episode goes out, we'll still be in the middle of our Gears of War month. Also on bulletpointsmonthly.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at most sincerely Ed Reed. We can follow you at Reed McCarter. Yep. And Patrick, you're at Hanfreakin Solo that's without correct. a G. Yes. And this show itself, where we post all of the articles and all of the episodes, and you can keep track of everything that's bullet points related without any of our personal interjections, you can go to at bullet points VG. That's everything, is it not? I believe so. Yeah, what do you, uh, what's your, what's your, uh, I, I think a binary right at the end here, just to, to make sure that, you know, our opinions aren't obfuscated. Do you recommend Wolfenstein or not? I think that if you are interested in video games, uh, yeah, you should play it. And and also, it's a good shooter. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I agree. I think yeah. there's all the stuff we said, but I think 
uh, yeah, I just don't want to leave it on too too much of a you know thumbs down on this yeah, game. Yeah, to, no. to be unambiguous, the game is enjoyable to play and very fun. And I think it it does have you know whatever we we're talking about a game that's that's widely celebrated, and I think maybe uh you know it's easy to uh, not easy, and not to say that it doesn't deserve some of the things we said about it, but just um you you start thinking about what doesn't work, and sometimes that's more interesting than talking about exactly what does work. I think what does work about this game has been charted thoroughly by this that, point. Yeah, that too. But so yeah, that, yes. But, but yeah, Doom it's a. I don't think you have to pick one or the other. That's what I'll say. <laughs> I think you can play both. You, you, and have, you definitely don't <laughs> have a great time. Don't. <laughs> I enjoy Doom more, but I think I I like uh, the the demons. They're neat looking. Yeah, totally. And it's got a better soundtrack. And the guns are better. And uh, and it, it gives you a cuddle at the end. <laughs> it's, it's it doesn't make. make. It also doesn't make you think about the real world too much. It mean at all. No, no. Not if you don't want it to. And Doom is such a great title. I like it. I, I, Doom. It's just like the best. It's the best video game title. Video Doom. game title. Yeah. That's Doom. why they chose it. Yeah. That's why they made Bollywood movies where it's spelt differently, and there's like three <laughs> of them now. I think they're called Doom. I didn't know that. It's like D-H-U-M they, or have something. they got anything to do with we'll, we'll talk about this uh, at the end of the episode thank you again for listening this has been Wolfenstein the New Order and we will join you for another edition of the Bullet Points Podcast <laughs>